of the morning to you, Cisa. You smoothie, me ice cold pizza. Cafe, ole, latte, da. You do the Zumba, but I do not. Give me like half a marathon. I'll give you the gospel of St. John. It's been like the wake up on. Cause we both know that it's mercy flows in the morning.
Because I know that God is the one that gives angels orders and stuff, but he will respond to us if we ask in Jesus' name, and then he'll give the angels permission to do whatever it is that he wants done. So I had been talking to Brother West on the on on other project. This is what I want to tell you. And I think I have a couple of people on here this morning. If somebody can dial me on the blog talk, <clears throat> right now, to this date, and this moment, 6.28 a.m., 10-17-2020, I have had 89, 89 headliners have gone to 89 Masonic temples and Masonic statues and applied their holy anointing oil in the name of Jesus. Did you hear what I said? They weren't, they heard, they heard 89, and the the last one went about, the last one that I know of went after dark, I think, right here in Dalton. So then I find out three people that listen to the deadline from here in Dalton quietly and don't let me know, they went to. They went to the same Masonic temple. All I'm saying is glory be to God. And I don't know how many others, but this is the beautiful thing. Look here. They went in Alaska. It's It's some serious headliners in Alaska. They went down uh, in Florida and Tampa, and they went in Daytona Beach. So they went to the Gulf, and they went to the uh, ocean. And they went in L.A., and they went up in Massachusetts. Yep. Right across. They made a cross across this continental United States of America. Do you hear me? I am happy. Now, it was God that told them to do that. Because I wasn't even smart enough to think about it. He He didn't use a human being. He did this by his own Holy Spirit. I don't know if anybody is on here in that 89 that can dial me on the blog talk and tell me how they felt or what happened when they went. This was a move of God. They went, remember, you just, you just, recognize and accepted the fact that you are God's territory. So they went and took that territory spiritually that belongs to God anyway. I'm so happy.
Express One. If you're on the blog talk and you are one of the 89, and you can talk and you can talk about it. I haven't. I only know when they went. I haven't talked to anybody since they came back. Can I get one person over here on the blog talk to press one? But I'm I'm going to show you uh, evidence. And I'm going to show you the proof, the proof, some of the proof. When you act in the spirit, God rewards you in the flesh. Did you know that? When you work for God in the spirit realm and through the heavenly realm, he rewards you in the flesh realm. Now, I know some of you don't want to come on here because you feel like you be on here talking all the time. But if you don't volunteer, I'm going to call your name. Thank you. Thank you. Who is this, please? Good morning. It's Jennifer R. Praise God. Go ahead. Praise God. Good morning, Ted Line. Um, yesterday was quite a day. Um. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Sorry, I'm just trying to uh, shut my door here so I don't wake my daughter up. Okay. Um, who, who actually, I had no sooner gotten off the phone with you, Dr. Erica, and she, she was in my room. What are we doing? And I, I said to her, I said to her, we have, we have a mission this morning. She said, are we going to go take spray bottles and spray stuff, <laughs> oil? And I, she did. And I said, did you hear me talking? She said, no. I just kind of saw it. And I, I said, yeah, that's exactly what we're doing. We're going down to the Masonic Temple, and we're going to anoint it. I said, a bunch of headliners, we're, we're going out, hitting the streets. She, she was like, awesome. That's, that's great. So she had school yesterday, and where I live it's a residential suburb area, and the Masonic Temple is actually about a block down the street from us. Wow. And, yeah, um, and I have a dog. He gets lots of walks. We walk by that temple every day, and we pray in front of that temple every day, signing stuff up and everything. So yesterday, it was pouring rain, cold, gross. School finished up. Um, we did some stuff, and I was just kind of waiting for the that feeling of knowing that it was time to go. So when it was time to go, we um, we decided we also live right by a big a river that um, you can just walk to at the end of my street. So we decided to start at the river, and you can pull over, park the car, sit on a bridge right over. It's a dam. It's a huge dam and a river. And we prayed over the water, and we poured oil into the water. Then we walked back up to the temple, and it was probably about 6 o'clock. Um, it's a residential area, so it wouldn't be unusual to be walking by the temple, but it's also not very busy, so we didn't want to be very conspicuous. But we kind of split up and surrounded the no, like just it's funny. I walk by that place every day, but 
I felt like, you know, we should have been dressed in all black with like Mission Impossible music. Um, we kind of split up and she went around one side of the perimeter of the property. I walked around the other because it's on the corner. And we anointed the grounds. We brought spray bottles so we had a long reach so we could be kind of inconspicuous from the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. We prayed and, you know, we prayed before we did it. And we, <laughs> we got the front walkway and I reached the steps where I was. And then she looked at me and she was like, I am out of here. And she went back to the car because uh, it was <laughs> raining. So I was like, okay, that's fine. But I was looking for the cornerstone and then I saw the corner and I was able to anoint the, the cornerstone as well. Um, so uh, we did that and we prayed and we got some scripture, Leviticus. Um, it just was really great. And we, we came home and we were just kind of sitting in silence. And she said, so how do you feel? And I said, what do you mean? How do I feel? I said, because we just went and anointed the temple. She said, yeah, now that we've gone and done that thing, how do you feel? I said, I feel great. I feel like we just did some work for the kingdom. How do you feel? She's like, I, I feel all right. And just kind of smiled. Um, so it was really um, <clears throat> when I saw Jessica's email around 5 o'clock and, and saw the magnitude of what we were doing corporately for God and saw how that fell in line with the past few days. I mean, I really feel like it started when we blessed the lands that we're all on. Um, Just incredible. And the fact that my daughter wanted to come with me and was part of it really Mm -hmm. made it extra beautiful for me. So that was, that was our experience. Praise God. Praise God. I, I, I thank you. God, thank you. Watch. Now watch. This is what I want you to do. Watch how much favor Amen. grows you. Okay? Yes, ma'am. Favor is better better than money sometimes. Because sometimes Amen. Favor, yeah. favor can get you what money can't buy. I'm talking about favor with God. And so that was the topic of discussion between me and my daughter last night after that. What was this? Oh, that thing about favor? We, yes, that favor is, yes, because, you know, we we have lots of things on our prayer wall that we're praying for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of them have to do with our living situation and physical things like that. And so she was talking about things, and I just said, if it's by the will of God, it's going to be better than anything you could ever expect. And I said, and sometimes it comes in different ways that have nothing to do with what you think it's going to be. And if God is, I said, as long as you are doing things for God and doing things so that his will can come to fruition for his kingdom, for the people, for the army of the Lord, I say, you don't have to worry about anything. And it's, and that's where you, you know, really. So that was something we talked about last night. So thanks for saying that. Reinforcing. Amen. It's the truth. And and Mm -hmm. you by the water. I didn't know that. I had no way yeah. of doing that. And you yep. know what? There's a there's a, a person who used to be a Ted liner. I don't think they I don't see them too much anymore. But they used to be. And they live near some water up in New Jersey. And the water they live nearby. Every day, every day, the Wiccans come 
and drop a memorial of flowers and fruit, you know, to to the water god up there. Mm. And they really should be on this uh, on this uh, this headline these next couple of days because those uh, uh, spirits are being offered up sacrifices every day, and every day they being worshipped. And yet you wow. have this soldier who walks by there every day. If it was me, I'd go kick it. I, I would take my and put my boots on. And I would go kick it off in the. I pour my oil on it and go kick it off in the water. I, I would do That's how serious I am about all this, and God is making me even more serious about it all. So thank you, Jennifer, and that's why God always dropping your little daughter in my spirit from time to time. <laughs> yeah. Mhm. Because just think, she's what, 14? Yep. Wait till she go to college. She going, she going armed and ready. Yes. She, armed and praise ready. the Lord. Praise and the Lord. Armed and ready. Yes. And, and as far as your living situation is, I have spoken about houses. It's the time. It's the season. What you just got to do is you got to see that house in your possession. And I'm going to be praying along that line because um, I I don't know how, but I'm going to pay this church off by January. I do not know how. I don't really care how God does it because I know anything God does is good. So you set your prayers in, in alignment and agreement for your, your house. Uh, he gave Christian a house. Yes, I, I remember hearing that, and that was a miraculous story. Praise God. Okay, gave Christian the house, and gave Christian yeah. on the exact time frame up to the day I said she was going to have it. I'm telling you. I you're remember gonna have, that. You're going to have it. You and it's another person on this chair like God told them to move. They ain't moved yet. God told them to move. God told them he was going to supply to everything. And what happened? The devil make them lose their job. Who cares about the devil? That's right. The devil cannot stop. Please hear me. The promises of God. He can't stop it. He cannot even stop it. Wait a minute. Paid in full. Christian. What does that mean? <laughs> wow. Can you dial me on this blog talk and tell me what that means, paid in full? I need to know what you're talking about. See, so many people on this headline don't talk. They don't tell you because they're scared. And not Christian. I'm not talking about Christian. I'm talking about some of these other ones. They got money. And then they tell me, well, you could give my testimony if you want to. No, I'm not giving nothing. The anointing is not, well, I mean, I'm anointed, period. But that anointing you receive is on you. When you, when you speak it out of your own mouth, it, it just opens up like a wellspring for you to receive more and more. And I, I, I'm, I'm just 
praying that people begin to understand how God does things more and more. Now, all of us are blessed. Deborah, Deborah, he'll say to you over here in the chat room, you see what she say? Go find it. I did. It. Go find it and claim it. Yes, ma'am. All right. All right. Praise God. <laughs> in agreement with what you said about the church. Praise God. Ah, Amen. You got to do your part, brothers and sisters. You must do your part. If you don't, it's a, it's a sign that you just flat out lazy. And if you're waiting for something to be dropped down from the sky, you're lazy and a little bit slow. Because <laughs> it don't work like that. It just doesn't work like that. And I remember, I remember when I first became a Christian, I didn't know nothing about, I, didn't, I mean, a believer. A believer. I became a Christian being born in that Baptist church, my family, uh, fifth generation Baptist. Okay? So I was I was kind of born into religion, but thank God for religion. Because religion brings you into relationship with God if you allow God to to work through you. Okay? But I used to think, you know, when I first came around all these full gospel people. And I would hear them saying, God did this and God did that and God and, and so I was I was just sitting there, you know, I was like I wasn't just really sitting there because I was a missionary anyway. <clears throat> but then I began to realize, wait a minute, God is giving me instructions because I'm studying anyway. I'm a consummate uh student of the Holy Spirit. But you got faith without works faith without works. You guys territory. A seed ought to be able to be planted in you and, and spring up and grow. So like what Aletha was talking about the other morning. Right. Right. Mm. Right. But sometimes people I don't I, I don't I don't think well it doesn't matter because some of them we just gonna drag them along, okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be blessed in spite of themselves. God Amen. God only needs one believer in the whole family to bless the whole line. So That's true. some people going to be believed, I mean, be blessed in spite of themselves. So that's okay. See, see now then they're going to wonder why you get that house, uh, Jennifer. Hmm. They're going to wonder how you get this beautiful uh, uh, white-looking white house with those beautiful shrubs in the front, walk up nice lawn, and beautiful, beautiful rose bushes. Whoa, you live in that kind of neighborhood? Yes, yes, we do, and that's what we've been looking at because we look, we look. <laughs> okay. okay, there's a difference between looking and claiming. Yes, there is, and I hear loud and clear. I receive uh, okay. this message. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay, and the house too, with the rose bushes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the house. Of course, Praise the rose Lord. bushes are up right now, but it has rose bushes. It has rose bushes in the front, and it has uh, shrubbery. Nice, very mm-hmm. neat, but shrubbery. Very neat bush, you know, little bush bushes. Yeah. Shrubbery. Yep. That's okay. the one. There's a difference between 
looking at Mr. Jefferson who he's claiming. Well, my so, daughter and I have lots to talk and pray about this morning. <laughs> uh-huh. And, and then move. Okay. Walk mm. <laughs> then move. Yes. Well, since the others don't want to come forward, you see, the Bible says, brothers and sisters, it says, God uses the foolish things to confound the wise. Now, nobody literally called anybody up and said, you go, you, you, do, you go do this, you go do that. But God did. And there's a reason. And sometimes you do not have to know the reason. You need to stop doing that. You need to stop thinking you need to know the reason why God does something. Uh-uh. God needs to know you obedient to do what he says. Now, I am only on, on the marine spirits and water spirits. I can't do that today. Because whenever I sit down to do something, I have to even myself, when I learn things from God, I have to know, I got to know the history of it. I got to know the present of it. And I got to know what it's supposed to do. And I want to see it. So I think I'm only on this uh, marine thing. But but you know what? I didn't know God was going to change it today anyway. What I was working on, I asked God. 23 years ago, listen to me, about 23, 23, 24 years ago, I said, God, what is it when a person is molested? I said, what is it in them that makes it so hard for them to be free? And why is it, it's just other, it's a lot of different things that I made note of. Because I ministered to thousands and thousands of uh, women and men. <clears throat> and, you know, I had that experience in my own testimony with the succubus. I mean, the incubus. Well, incubus, succubus. And... I asked God, I said, I'm tired of seeing these uh, men and women that have been sexually molested and have gender identity problems. I said, I'm tired, God, of seeing them people suffer like that. And I'm tired of seeing other, other characteristics that I noted. And I said, could you show me why? That's when he gave me the thing about, the, you know, led me to the amygdala. And, but there was another area that I really, 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 if you, if you notice, the, the, the long and short of it is God gave it to me. Gave it to me about 2.30 this morning. Now, this is something I asked him 20-some years ago. And he gave it to me in a way that I could absolutely, positively, completely understand it 
but I hadn't put the scripture with it, and I didn't know how it worked. Like, I like things to be A, B, C, D, and so forth. I like things to be in that kind of simplified order, because I'm not a complicated person. And if something is too complicated, I'm not going to fool with it anyway, because I figure it's just too complicated for me. I like things very simple. That way, I can help people and they can get it. See, like I've been asking y'all, are you getting this? Did you get it? Because then I know that if they can get it, if you can get it, like I got it, then you can help people the same way I do. So I asked God that question. And little by little by little by little, seeing God give me an answer. God always answers my questions when I'm in the process of trying to help somebody else. That's why I don't get mad for the few crazy things that happen. Because that's the way God works with me. I don't know how he works with everybody else. But that's how he works with me. And it seems to be the same way that he works with a lot of my friends as well. So I'm studying. I'm trying to get this thing to make sense. And see, uh, a couple, I told you a couple years ago, uh, Sheila asked me to come on her show and talk about marine spirits. And I said, look, I don't know enough about that. I really didn't want to fool with it. I said, Dr. Pat Holliday got a book, and she knows about it from her and that bishop. And I know that because we happened to have been around them at that time through um, the mother minister who want, she's going to be with the Lord uh, uh, prophet Ethel Washington over there in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. And that's how I met Pat Holiday back in 1987. Uh, and with uh, Irene Park, all of them were kind of you know, connect Irene Park wrote a book called A Witch That Switched. Irene Park was um, one of the regional high priestesses from New York to Florida. And she had one of the largest cousins before she got saved. And Pat Holiday led Irene Park to the Lord. And then Irene Park I met Irene Park because she needed deeper deliverance. So me and all these people go way, way, way back to the 80s and the 90s. So anyway, I, I told Sheila and I told somebody else to ask me about that. I said, I'm not, I'm not equipped. I'm not prepared to uh, teach on that at this time because I haven't looked further enough into it. I just uh, cast the demons out. And that's when God sent the fish whisperer to me. I don't know how many of y'all remember when I was on Shannon's show and God sent the fish, fish 
whisperer. And this is a shaman that can call fish. He's also, he was. Now he's a preacher. Um, he's a preacher. But he was a, he was a shaman that called fish. And he's one of the top um, fishing guys. Down there in uh, that central coast of Florida area. Now he's a preacher. But I talked to him a lot about, and him being a shaman, but I just put the stuff in a drawer, put it on a USB, put it in a drawer, other than what I said about him in that podcast. And so, um, Dr. Pat Holliday did the, did, the, did the thing. But she did it differently. I believe that whatever you do for God, you need to be have a, a biblical precedent. Like, you know, it's like I could say there are frequencies that do da-da-da-da-da. Like I was talking to somebody yesterday about the music and the mermaid spirit. But I believe that if you're going to teach somebody, you ought to teach them all. You shouldn't just... Everybody had their own style. So you read three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten books. Same subject. And then God gives you what he wants you to have. And, and you deal with that. So I started on um, um, I don't even know I don't even know what I called it I started on oh and I called my friend one who's a creationist because I knew I had I had written a teaching long time ago about Water, the earth, being all water. And so I said um, to the Lord, you know, I said, I want this to be simple, yet I want it to be concise. And I wanted, as you've given me this about your, being your territory, I would like Jesus for you to show me how to make all this flow together. In doing that, that's when God called all these people to go and handle that um, planet stuff. And I thought that was great. I'm trying to search here a little bit. I don't know which computer I put it on, but I started, I did start on the on the, on the marine uh, spirit, but you know what I found out? In order to write this, 
the first thing that the Lord um, identified to me is that there's a whole kingdom. This marine thing is based on a whole kingdom. And I had to start in Genesis. This is the truth. In order to break down the marine kingdom, because it is a kingdom. It is a kingdom. It has a king. It has a hierarchy. And that's what I'm talking about. That is what I'm talking about. So I got to page, I don't know what page, in the in my writing. I got to where I was able to, uh, I was able to identify the kingdom. This is it. This is not it. And 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 then I wrote and wrote and I broke it down to, to where, I, where I was really beginning to understand what I was writing. Okay. Thank you, Jennifer. Jennifer just posted the fish whisperer teaching up on uh, on the chat room. <clears throat> and so once I began to realize, man, I've got to teach this from a kingdom perspective or not teach it at all. Meaning these demons are a lot deeper than anybody's writing I've been able to find. But God told me a long time ago, you have a PhD earned, but you got to write, first he said an eighth grade level, and then he told me I got to write at a fifth grade level. Then he let me understand that's the same level that the newspapers, the LA Times, New York Times, are written at. So I said, okay. So you're all going to have to bear with me a day or two because God opened up this thing. I mean, really, really opened it up. And I'm not talking about no just from a, from a spiritual aspect of a city under the sea or in the water or the Bermuda Triangle. All of those things, I guess, one part of it. Oh, thank you, Renee. TV2, eighth grade reading level. Yay, God! See? See? God is so wise. He is so wise. And he told me that 30-some years ago, and I began to adjust my writing. And then I had to get delivered from that intellectual spirit. I used to be very prideful about having all those degrees. That's why I don't talk about it now. I used to be so prideful. I used to think that it made me so much better than everybody else. Yeah, I really thought that. 
And I, and I really acted like that and lived like that. But remember, I was in the beer and the whiskey business. It worked. But it was crazy. I became a vice president with that kind of crazy thinking because it worked. And besides that, I inherited it from my dad and my mother and my Baptist church who told me all you need is a good education in America and we're going to see that you get the best. And they did. My father did in death. Provided for my education. But now, you know what? I if I if I had known today instead of getting an education to, to make a living, if I would have would have been able to get an education to have fun and do what I know is necessary for humanity, I would be a research scientist like Jose or archaeologist. So that's why I tell you to tell your children it's a so many areas of education that are being overlooked. But don't do that. Don't do that. So God told me, bring it down to an eighth grade. Then he said, bring it down to a fifth. And he said, bring it down to a fifth grade level because I was teaching people who spoke a different language. So I had to bring it down. But, but it worked. But it works. This is what happened. As I was doing my research and putting it together where it makes sense, God said, I want you to take a look at first first Timothy four. One through three. And then he said, and after you leave there, I want you to go to 1 John 1 and 9. He said, put this aside. Let it rest in your brain so you can come back and do a good job because you won't be all pressured and you won't be, I can, I can work with you better when your brain is fresh. But this is, I'm going to answer something you asked me. So uh, first I went to First Timothy, this was after shutting everything down about the marine kingdom. And it said, now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, and doctrines of devil, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meat, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. So God said, this is what I'm going to do. He said, once a week, I'm going to show you 
that there are truths and promises of the Holy Spirit from God that you can claim today for yourself. I said, okay. So I said, well, how do I label this? He said, you label it truth, promise. Now, I'm going to give you the first one today, and it's going to be simple. And every time the rest of this year, I'm going to show you a truth, and I'm going to show you a promise that goes with that truth. And don't you know the very first one he showed me was Hebrews 4 and 12. That's the truth. The word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges attitudes of the heart. Now, this is the way God spoke it to me. He didn't speak it to me King James Version. Like he normally does. He just spoke it. The word of God is alive and active. Sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit. Joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes. I'm sorry. See, I, I just spoke it out in James. But I typed it the way God gave it to me. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. That's Hebrews 4 and 12. I knew God was talking to me. Because that's the first thing he gave me about his word. And then he said, here's the problem that goes with this. I said, okay. He said, go to Joshua 1 and 8. I went to Joshua 1 and 8. He said, now I want you to take another binder. <laughs> and every time I give you a truth and a promise and build on those truths and those promises, I said, okay. Joshua promised that he would be successful if he meditated on the law of God the word of God day and night. The Holy Spirit said, this today is a promise that we can claim for ourselves. He said, until I stop, I'm going to give you a truth and a promise, and you put it in the book. Find it. I said, okay. Because you can claim it, God said. He said, you could claim it for yourself today. That you will be successful if you meditate on the law of God, which is the word of God, day and night. Well, that's got to go in one binder. Now, all this happened while the people were out pouring oil on the Masonic temple. 
So then, I got to go over to my printer. Then he said, remember all those women you asked me about? I said, yeah. He said, you wondered how. It's just certain things I, I really I really asked God because I have issues with women and men. At the time, it was just women. But now I realize it's men and it's anybody that has been molested sexually. I have questioned God. I know they're bright. Many of them are brilliant. Why, God? After molestation and rape, are they rendered partially useless? Why is it that some can never recover? Why is it that so many of these people, women and men, are having this thing Played back and back and back in their mind. I mean, I said, God, I'm ministering to these women here. They 60, 70, and they lock. I said, I know that altars and SRA is the is the manifestation of it or the fruit of it. I said, but. It is something deeper that I'm not seeing. And I know, God, that it, 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 it's got to be biblical somewhere. That it is. But I had to get you ready. I had to get you ready to be able to receive it. He said, remember, remember your testimony of being raped by that incubus? He said, do you realize that you fully recovered from that? I said, yeah, I do. He said, so you think that because you fully recovered from that, that other people can't do? I said, no. I'm seeing that they don't. I don't know why, though. He said, well, I'm going to answer that question for you today. He said, do you know that you have three, oh, I think he said four, consciences? I said, what? <laughs> he said, that has nothing to do, Erica, altars. And the other reason that I've been talking to somebody about altars, that I've been talking, pardon me a minute, i got to get my stuff from the printer. And I got some friends like out in Oregon and Washington State. They got big ministries. One of those, you, you know, I, I I did. I brought on Omega Man. K K. Thomas came out of SRA and became a therapist. And we kicked it around a lot. And she came on. It's, it's, it's 
on her website. It might not be now. It was for years. She put our, my, my interview of her on Omega Man Radio as the intro into her ministry. And she kept it up there about 10, about 10 years. And, and she wrote a book too about, um, her SRA involvement. And so, and, and that's what she specializes. She doesn't specialize in anything else. But you might have to wait three, four years to get an appointment with her. And, and it's probably going to cost you about five grand for her to minister to you. And I always felt like the people I minister to, they, they they shouldn't have to pay that kind of money for for that kind of ministry. But we still friends. So God said, now go back to first four. Which remember he gave me a truth and a promise. <clears throat> now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times. Some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Right there. I'm going to teach you something this morning. When God answered my question this morning, I now have the answer to help thousands. Because I now know the answer. You see, the Holy Spirit interrupted because God said this was more important right now. And he said I need to take a break. Because there's so much he has to show me with regard to the marine kingdom, not just spirit. It's a whole kingdom. And he's going to show me how it operates, who and what the spirits are, blah, blah, blah. But right now, I got, a, I got an assignment. And I got a few examples here for you, but it, it, it's not going to take long. We're going to start John 1 and 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Holy Spirit said, the longer with hell, the longer a bondage, and the harder a demonic stronghold is. To break. 
Meaning, if the person has been molested, raped, sodomized, inappropriately touched in some instances, the longer the person that this has happened to has been required to keep it a secret, the greater the stronghold is fortified in the conscience of the individual. I say, well, help me. I don't understand this. But I do. I've just been breaking it without knowing the reason why. And not really just depending on God to do it. And he does it. I want you to go to 1 John chapter 3, verse 21 and 22. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. Whosoever committed sin transgresses also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin, for God's seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. In this is the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. For this is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother. And wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil 
and his brother is righteous. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hated his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our hearts condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God and whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him, and hereby we know that he abideth in us, by the spirit which he has given up. By the spirit which he has given up. Now, go with me to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, which says, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from what from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. The Bible says again in first John chapter three, verse twenty one and twenty two, Dear friend, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his command and do what pleases him. A clear conscience. What we're saying is really a clear conscious mind is a powerful motivation to serve the Lord with joy and peace. The conscience is the faculty of our soul that sits in judgment of all we do, either approving or disapproving of our actions. Conscience. Is that part of us sometimes that make us feel as if we're being watched? Now, 
we have all grown up in different cultures with different parents and different expectations. Most of us, hear me this morning, have all felt the condemning voice of our conscience. The condemning voice of our conscience, which, which tells us sometimes we messed up. And as God was, the Holy Spirit was trying to make me understand this, the Holy Spirit took me back to a play by Shakespeare. And he said, remember Lady Macbeth? I said, yeah. You see, Lady Macbeth was a character in a Shakespearean play and, and Lady Macbeth thought that if she washed her bloody hands in water, that the guilt of murder would be easily washed away. But Lady Macbeth discovered that the water didn't make her hands clean. Rather, her hands with the blood on them made the river bloody. The New Testament speaks of four different kinds of consciences. There's a weak conscience. That's revealed in 1 Corinthians 8 and 7. It says, Howbeit there is not in every man that knowledge, for some with conscience of the idol unto this hour eat as a thing offered unto an idol, and their conscience being weak is defiled. This is referring to believers, Christians. In the Apostle Paul's day, who thought it was a sin to eat meat that had been sacrificed to idols. They were not aware that as believers they could now eat meat because their loyalty to Jesus canceled their loyalty to the pagan gods they formerly worshipped. Which brings us into this. Although there are some things that are always wrong and there are some things that are always right, there are also some things that are a matter of what personal conscience to be determined by each person. So what is that? Here, a weak conscience. Then the Holy Ghost says, I want to show you now, Erica, there is something called a dead conscience. That is found in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience feared with a hot iron. 
is the consciousness within a person who is so determined to sin or so determined to maintain his or her hypocrisy that his or her inner voice is silent. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. A person whose conscience has been seared is the person over time who is totally capable of becoming a sociopath who hurts others without feeling, without the slightest twinge of guilt or regret, conscious mindsets and levels of unconsciousness are all touched upon a person who has been abused. All he goes say, then there's another conscious, Erica. This is the defiled conscience. said, okay, where do I find this? For, uh, Titus, 1 and 15. To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are corrupted and do not believe nothing is pure, in fact, both their minds and their consciences are corrupted. Hurt people hurt people. Molested people molest people. Abuse people abuse people. And it's right here in the Bible. Now, I'm sure somebody else knew this. But let me tell you something. I needed the Holy Ghost to break it down to me. I needed it to be made simple. Here it is, Titus 1 and 15. Unto the pure, all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving, nothing, nothing is pure. But even their mind and their conscience is defiled. Brothers and sisters, I have seen it time after time after time. And I wonder why. Would this person molest a baby? Because they were molested as a baby. And because of that sin, those spirits are still in their unconscious mind, driving them. They don't see it as wrong. They can't receive it as wrong. They can't see it as them being hurt. When it feels so good. The immoral man or woman. Or has kept. His or her sin. Carefully hidden. But they have to live with themselves. Which causes them. To not to be able to enjoy. Anything pure. Because everything. That he or she does and thinks 
is corrupted. Finally got it. I got it. Holy Ghost said, now, there's one more. Remember, it ain't all bad, brothers and sisters. There's the good news. A good conscience. Acts 24, 16. And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. Void. Void, brothers and sisters. Void. Empty. Empty. A conscience empty of offense toward God and toward men. The good conscience that empowers us to do what is right because it has not been defiled or twisted to give us courage because it has not been taken away from them or forced upon them to submit. A good conscience to give us strength whether we are experiencing success or failure. A good conscience, one that is free from accusation. Again, I want you to look at Paul. Paul said, I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man. At one time, Paul's conscience was not clear at all. Remember, before his conversion, before his conversion to Christianity, he was killing believers and agreeing to have them killed. The Holy Ghost said, you can cast out demons till Jesus comes. If the conscience has not been dealt with, then the demons have a legal right to come on back in. First John 1 and 9. The first is to confess our sins and receive the blood of Jesus for the cleansing of our conscience. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. To confess our sins, agreeing with God about our sins, honestly admitting what we have done, taking full responsibility, for all our actions. When we do this, 
we not only receive God's forgiveness, but we are cleansed from all unrighteousness. And that includes self-hatred. That means that the self-hatred and the condemnation that came and that come after we do wrong is wiped away. When we believe that what God says is true, have to be plagued by guilt and needless regret. We don't have to have one, two, three, four areas. One of four areas of our conscience defiled. Remember the Apostle Paul? He said he had a clear conscience before God and man. Brothers and sisters, there has to be reconciliation. There has to be reconciliation. The person or persons that has abused and molested got to come green. The person who has cheated got to come clean. Whatever stands in the way of fellowship has to be confronted in order to be able to have a clear and a good conscience. You see the rewards of a clear conscience. The rewards of a right relationship with God, the devil. I don't care what kind of spirit it is. If our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask. Because we are able, able to keep his commands and do what pleases him. With a good conscience, we can work and sleep and abide with the peace of God in our hearts because our conscience Approved. Are you hearing me? Our conscience approves of all that we do. You're not fighting yourself. You're not fighting your own conscience. We have the confidence, confidence and joy. In Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit had me interrupt 
the Marine Kingdom. Because he wants your conscious life. He doesn't want any defilement holding you back. This was a hard one. Nevertheless, the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seduce the Spirit and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Either one of the four areas of your conscience, brothers and sisters. Straighten it out. If you don't straighten it out, you just be opening up the doors for the marine spirits to have a stronger stronghold. But not this time. Not this time. Some things you don't even know about can be laying in an area in your conscience. And the devil make you run off from the truth that can make you free. Before you enter into this deliverance with these marines, they are devils. I want you to ask God about your own conscience. And even if you don't, I want you to get to the point where you say, if there's anything in me, anything in any area of my conscience, I like to call them hidden works of darkness. Lord, I want them out. The longer the secret, the longer it's been laying there, the more defiled that part of your consciousness is. Do you get it? There's got to be a deliverance. There's got to be a healing in your conscience. All four areas of your conscience. i 
Y'all gonna 